I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, Episode 69. Welcome to another season of Short But Meaty Focus Sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Convivial is really another way of saying school A. It gets at the heart of what we want, a holistic education that reaches the soul as well as the brain, that brings peace rather than stress and that directs our attention to what is true, good, and beautiful. This season, we'll spend more time learning what the ancients and early church fathers had to say about education, because we should be standing on the shoulders of these giants, rather than making it up as we go along. So let's dig in. Parents' Expectations Matter Quintilian on Ability Quintilian might be my favorite author in this book so far. The Great Tradition, Classical Readings on What It Means to Be an Educated Human Being, is a collection of the writings about education from Plato to the modern era, the writings that have informed the development of Western civilization and classical education. As I read oh so slowly through this book, I'd love to get some discussion going about what it means to carry on this tradition of meaningful human education. What Quintilian says is that the entire environment, the entire life, matters in education. Quintilian begins his principles of education by talking about the parents' expectations. He contradicts the opinion that Charlotte Mason also faced, that some children are not cut out for education. To the contrary, he writes, Reasoning comes as naturally to man as flying to birds. It is mishandling that kills the love of learning, not a lack of initial aptitude, he says. Therefore, it is the father's responsibility to see to his children's education. And that seeing, too, begins from the very first, for, quote, It is the worst impressions that are the most durable. For while what is good readily deteriorates, you will never turn vice into virtue. Bad habits start early. Quote, Do not, therefore, allow the boy to become accustomed, even in infancy, to a style of speech which he will subsequently have to unlearn. It is best and easiest to begin how we mean to go on, to start on the path that we want to finish, rather than meander aimlessly and then think that we can backtrack or fast track to where we want to be later on. Quintilian also reminds us that virtue, the goal of our education, requires imagination. Education combines both thinking and doing, knowing and being. Quintilian writes that his aim, the correct aim for an educator, is a, quote, perfect orator. By that, he does not mean merely one who can speak well. The two categories in his day were philosophers— those who cared about morality, and rhetoricians, the pragmatists who just wanted to effect their change in the world. What Quintilian wanted was for those two streams to be reunited. He wanted those concerned with morality and virtue and honor to come out of their hole and do something in the world. And he wanted those active in the community to actually care about whether or not what they were doing was right. Is that so much to ask? 
One reason both these streams need the other is that the rhetorician is the one with the metaphors and the stories, while the philosopher contents himself with abstractions, however true they might be. However, points out Quintilian, one who would teach virtue to himself and others needs imagination. Quote, courage, justice, self-control, every one of them requires illustration and consequently makes a demand on the imagination and eloquence of the pleader. We cannot simply demand character out of a person, nor can we explain it with abstract and theoretical definitions and then expect that to be sufficient. We have to illustrate, to model, tell stories, practice, make analogies, if we want to help people, ourselves as well as our children, change. And doing so is demanding. It's hard work. It's good work. It's necessary work. Let's stretch toward that goal in hope. Quote, Even if we fail to reach it, those whose aspirations are highest will attain to greater heights than those who abandon themselves to premature despair of ever reaching the goal. And now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver, Matthew C. Tips. Math is a subject that none of us wants to mess up. Once our children hit middle school, people start asking how we think we're going to teach upper-level math competently. And we wonder that ourselves, too, even if we don't like being asked about it. I've written before about how much I love Matthew C. We've been using it for nine years now and with all my students so far. We use the video lessons, and I've watched them too so I understand how to teach the material, and the blocks, the whole package. I love it. Matthew C. is based on the foundational principle that math should be concrete before it is abstract. Abstraction comes after understanding, but understanding follows concrete demonstration and concrete work. The name itself refers to the fact that it is all about literally seeing through manipulatives, even into algebra, how math works. There is no memorization of formulas or answers before it is demonstrated that the student concretely understands the why and the how behind the functions and can do them and teach them himself. The manipulatives themselves are clever. There is a bar block, almost like a large Lego, for each unit and also for tens and hundreds. Unlike Cuisinaire rods, each block has squares equal to its value, aligned in such a way that they can be stacked. With these blocks, the DVD instructor, who is the author of the curriculum, a homeschool dad who didn't like the math options available to him, demonstrates that equals means same as. He sets up a four block, above two two blocks, and shows that they are the same length. They are equal, and equal is written as two same length lines. When we get to subtraction, he puts up an eight block and then turns a four block upside down on top of the eight, and the back side is hollow, so the demonstration looks like a subtraction sign. How many squares are left after four are gone? So this brings me to my Matthew C. tip number one, storing those manipulatives. The Matthew C. blocks are a core part of the curriculum, and they're very cleverly designed and implemented in the program. You can buy a wooden case for them to store them, but that's rather pricey. 
Instead, I use a wide, shallow 25-quart Sterilite container with a latching lid. Kids can dig around and find the blocks that they need, but we can also put them away quickly because we don't have to sort them out into the correct cubbies. Sometimes finding a convenient storage solution is the sanity saver that you need. And that's it for this episode of the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog. Are you interested in homeschooling with clarity, calm, and conviction? I know you are. I am too. So let's do it together. I've created a quick, heart-focused mini-workshop called Get a Grip and a Game Face. It's free, and it's the perfect way to start off your homeschool year. Head on over to simplyconvivial.com audio, click on Season 12, and access the free workshop. Remember, education begins with repentance. Repent. Rejoice. Repeat. Repeat.